0: Good evening everybody and welcome to another edition of the Sport Limerick Soccer podcast with Jason and Noel O'Connor as our usual guests, we can't even call them guests, they've been, they've been here so long uh, anymore. we we'll start off with yourself first Jason, uh, Shelburne draw last week for Treaty United, one-all draw, uh, huge spirits shown because Shelburne really don't get points taken off them in this division at all really, uh, and obviously a, a brilliant goal from, from Willie Armstrong to, to send everyone home, happy on Friday night.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a great performance, Adrian, you know, I said Treacy certainly didn't steal it, I know it was a last minute equaliser, but on the balance of play, a couple of chances for Shelburne, you know, and they were kind of off Treacy mistakes, really, you know, to be fair, I thought it was a good value for the point and a fantastic goal by Willie, just shows really what the team is about, they never give up, they keep going to the end, but, you know, I think there's a bit more to them now and that's starting to show know some very very good performances how callum Namara was superb again in the middle um especially when you consider he was on his feet for six hours that day working summer camps you know so people have to realize that as well um i thought joe collins was very very good and and something joe did well i thought was played forward a lot you know got hold of the ball and looked to play forward i know cairn Hanlon was isolated but Anytime he got it, he wasn't going sideways and backwards just for the sake of it. I was very impressed with him. You know, I really was. And obviously, Willie Armshaw is doing what he's doing. You look at his stats, Adrian, you know, he's yet to start the game. He scored two goals and that assist, I suppose, for Matt McKevitt in Cove as well, if to factor that in. So he's really affecting the game. But I was really pleased for Tommy. You know, Shelburne, as we know, are runaway leaders. Um, no one's really taking points off them, and and Treaty, as I said, very very good value for the draw. Yeah, definitely. And in fairness, both
0: of you flagged it as a possibility that that Treaty would uh, pick up a result from this game, and it was not by no means a dead rubber. Even though a lot of other uh, people had written off uh, Treaty United because of the form of Shelburne, as much as anything. So, in in fairness, Noel, it really was a superb result for for Tommy Barrett and the whole playing staff and, and management.
2: Yeah, really great. Um, I have to say, I thought. Looking back now, there was a touch of England about about Shelburne, I thought because they totally dominated the first half. Um, I couldn't see Trinity get out. Trini didn't get out too many times. Overall, I was disappointed with Shelburne. Um, I think obviously they are going to win the league, but if they if they play like that or they get that kind of a uh, a mindset, they're certainly not going to be in, in the Premier Division. For, you know, for too long. I heard Tommy saying that you know they have a lot of Premier players. I think that remains to be seen. And when they do go up um, with performance like that, they won't uh, last too long in it. Um, they must be disappointed as well. Obviously a brilliant goal by Willie Armstrong, but, they've, you know, they've conceded a last minute goal again to Treaty from a corner. And uh, while it was a brilliant strike, um, you know, he should have obviously been picked up. And you know, they've actually made the same mistake again, and it happened during the game as well when Anto O'Donnell made a brilliant run to the back post, similar to what, uh Clyde O'Connell did in Talker Park and you know, and he should have scored again. and you're saying like you know, if these guys want to be you know getting to the Premier League, which it looks like they are going to, be, but certainly surviving and prospering in it, it you know they need to certainly iron out these mistakes, you know, and not kind of play to the opposition and hope to get a, a scrappy win and, and if you look like well they've beaten we- uh Wexler only by a goal and cabantini uh, by a goal it looks like they're kind of coasting a little bit and you know while in the short term it'll probably be okay in the long term it certainly won't but listen a great point for for treaty uh and and fully deserved i thought when sean mcsweeney came on and matt McKevitt came on you know they they certainly looked a real threat and when you know when you're only a goal behind, and certainly in this in this league, you always have a chance of getting an equaliser, and they stuck to it right to the very end, and they were certainly fully deserved of uh of the point on Friday night.
0: Yeah, definitely sticking to the very end was was true of the character of the side uh, throughout the season. Jason, you mentioned it uh, there, Joe Collins' performance. Um, Tommy was was quick to point out when I was naming out every other midfielder in the post-match interview that I, I failed to name Joe Collins. Uh, as one of the, the players that would be fighting for a place. But you also mentioned Willie Armshaw there, you know, obviously has made a massive impact against Cove, uh, Bray as well. And obviously now Shelburne too coming off the bench. Also against Wexford and fairness went on a really amazing solo run. Tommy has mentioned on, on a couple of occasions that he likes when the game breaks up, bringing on Willie Armshaw off the bench, but surely now he, he'll he'll probably be knocking down the manager's door because of how many big
1: uh, moments he's been involved in, in the team when he has come off the bench sure you will Adrian and, and Tommy will relish the fact that if he is because as a manager you always want players coming to you and, and telling you that they want to play and they want to start and, and they want to be in the, the first 11 but Tommy's managed him very well I think you know I mentioned a couple of weeks ago about young players and and smaller players I suppose in this league and Willie's at his best when the game kind of the tempo of the game goes down and it gets stretched a little bit and that's where the impact is happening you know, is he ready to start the game? You have to consider, you know, that treaty don't dominate possession, you know, in a lot of the games, and and it's only later on in the games that they kind of push forward, and that's where he has his impact. So, I'm not so sure that that he'd be ready to start him just yet. Um, Tommy did say something else in in the post-match interview, which I found interesting. He was saying that they expect to have a different team or a different maybe formation next week for ucd and there's a comment he made that you can't afford to give ucd back the ball the way we did kind of against shelburne now we know ucd are a very good football inside but they're not of of i suppose the the stature of the players aren't what what shelburne have you know and look they've they've kind of stumbled to a few results themselves lately ucd um, last-minute winner again last week for them. you know. So they haven't been in great form, but I would agree with him about the change of shape. I know he goes on about 4-1, 4-1, but that was very much a 4-5-1 last week. Kieran Antlin was isolated for a lot of the game, and it was only lucky went three at the back towards the end and, and pushed bodies forward in the hope of getting something. And, and because it was a free shot, he was able to do that. I have kind of said over a number of the podcasts that. When the opposition play two up front against Treaty, then Treaty find it difficult, you know. And and we saw in in the belfield ball the problems that that Colin Whelan and Liam Kerrigan and these people can cause, you know. And and it's going to be interesting to see what he does. It was interesting that Mark Walsh went in as a centre back, and and Tommy said that he's played there before for Nina, so that might be something he might explore. Um, but look, I agree with him. You can't afford to be giving the ball up cheap all the time you will get punished and okay he has his his first choice back four and defenders now back. No one mentioned Sean McSweeney. I'd say he'll definitely start and and I'd wonder would he would he go with Joel Costrain if he's fifth. And we saw him do the fitness test before the Shell's game. And the two lads in the wide areas, well, they're very workmanlike as we know, they don't offer a whole pile going forward Adrian, we can see that. So maybe it's in them areas that Tommy is talking about. Yeah, Jason mentioned it there, and all obviously the upcoming game with with UCD. We know in the uh, fixture in Belfield
0: Ball, 3D actually raced into a 2 0 lead, lost the game 3 2. Uh, It was like almost fitness had told as well in in that game, and in fairness, a 15 minute period of madness where where UCD blitzed uh, 3D United. Um, it's, it's a game though where UCD are coming into it, they have been Wexford recently but they're coming into it in poor enough form and it does offer a, a great opportunity for 3D at the market's field to, to get three points and uh, at least one point anyway.
2: I think so yeah and UCD are they seem to be a completely different animal to the one before the break and um, as you say, the one last week and that and certainly give them a boost. I think they'll fancy the market's field as well um, and I think they'll they'll play with a bit more purpose than than Shelburne did on Friday night Um they're not a team to you know if they do go a goal ahead with they score a goal they certainly won't be sitting back in it and hoping that they'll see the match out with the 1-0 that's not just in in their DNA so um, it's a very good game I think Treaty obviously are going to be in right form for it I think it's a very winnable game for them as well and you know as Jason mentioned there, a few lads coming back, I think he's rising, Sean McSweeney will definitely start. Um, they have options off the bench, if, you know, they'll probably start ready right again up front, but you have McKevitt and you have Willie Armstrong to come on. So Joel is close enough as well. So they certainly have the footballers now and, and a bit of talent going forward. Be nice to see them, you know, maybe start with the attack uh, in mind and, and, and actually take the game to UCD because while UCD won last week, you think that their confidence wouldn't be great, and you'd always say that about a team that's going through a poor run. Don't give them hope, like don't give them a foothold. You know, don't be giving them a, a a goal start, if you like, and then trying to claw back a, a draw late on. It would be nice to see them actually take the game to UCD. You know, just be a, a little bit bolder now. I I I think they can be. It's obviously third against fourth as well. So as long as they don't lose, they're going to stay in that third place. So, I mean, if they go out, you know, with a really positive frame of mind, I think that they could win the game.
0: Yeah, certainly. I mean, what we spoke about last week about uh, Shelburne being a free shot for Treaty, but by getting that point against Shelburne, now, this really means that UCD is a a massive uh, chance for for them, Jason. Uh, From the first game viewing, Jason, from your own experience, I suppose, uh, watching UCD, uh, what would you say would be the biggest threats that uh, UCD possess um, and you know what, what treaty will have to stop uh, if they're going to get the, the three points on, on Friday night?
1: Well, I suppose the obvious one is Colin Whelan, we know that Adrian, you know, it's the three midfield players for me. The side has been unchanged, UCD haven't changed the, the start starting 11 in the last couple of games, so you'd probably expect that to be the same again with Derek Keane. Paul Doyle and Sean Brennan in the middle, who really, really impressed me anytime I see him. You know, he's a real footballer. You know, he, he gets on the ball, he doesn't give it away. And I'm not so sure though about, about going attacking UCD because we saw on Friday against Shells, it was when Treaty actually came out. It was from a corner in the first half, um, around 30 odd minutes that that Shelburne broke on Treaty and and ended up with a two, a two V1. With Michael O'Connor and JJ Lunney and they were lucky to escape that one there was a couple of other instances where Tracy tried to come out and play a little bit start to the second half as well and they kind of exposed them so I think that's where they need to be careful Adrian I'd like to see the tree at the back you know that and I, I think this could be the game for it because there's a lot of very very good movement from UCD in the final third we mentioned Whelan we mentioned Kerrigan and, and they're very dangerous players and Noel is right, the pitch will suit them. It'll be total football from them, but with a purpose. So I agree with Noel there. So I think Treaty need to be very, very mindful of that. And again, I'll say it the three at the back match up in the middle, man for man, on those three that I mentioned in the middle of the field. And and get two up front that that maybe can cause Sam Todd and Weir, and it's it's Jack Keeney have been the three centre backs for UCD. So maybe cause them a few problems. At, going forward, you know, but at the right times, Adrian, you know, I don't think Treaty have been very free-flowing and very open at all this season, you know, and, and that's what stood him in good stead. So I wouldn't be changing that too much as regards the approach, but maybe that you could have a change in formation. Yeah, Noel, it's fair to say from your previous
0: comments about Sean McSweeney that you probably expect the midfield three area to be Jack Lynch, Callum McNamara but Sean McSweeney further on. Uh, also dropping back in. Uh, Joel Coostrain went through, I wouldn't say it's a fitness test, but he warmed up before the team warmed up and did a few sprints on the pitch last week, which would suggest that a week later again and a week's more training that he could be involved. That's the big point, I suppose, at the moment is what Jason said about Ed McCarty and Matt Keane. They have been great servants and obviously Tommy has been very loyal to them because they have given a lot defensively to the team uh, as well. Do you expect to see a change in that because of the fact, as Jason said, that maybe those two players don't offer you as much going
2: forward? I'm not so sure. And he's right about it. Um, I think maybe one, I think if Joel who's is his face, I I'd, I'd expect him to, to start on the left. I doubt they'll make two changes either side. And I'd be mindful of the fact as well, that, uh, most of the trouble that treaty got in the Belfield ball was down in the wide areas. There, like, it was, at night for particularly Charlie Fleming but to a lesser extent uh Mark Ludden as well and if he's thinking back about that well then he, he'll he obviously want that bit of protection a bit more protection and in fairness both of them have worked really hard in the, in in the defensive side of the game but I you know I just felt that they missed a little bit of a trick last week um I um I just felt that they kind of gave Shelburne way too much respect and you know we spoke about it being a free shot and it just showed how vulnerable they were because in the last 20 minutes when Shelburne, if you like, should have been run away with the game, it, it was treated out that board that on top. And um, they, you know, they say that uh, time's the best form of, of, of defense is attack. And uh, it may be just nice to see maybe just one night where they'd actually take the game to the opposition. And again, I'm saying that that they're going to be a bit brittle. I think UCD, they won't be looking forward to it really. Obviously, they're looking forward to playing the pitch, but you know, if 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 you were to go a goal up against them with the kind of results that they've had in the last, you know, four or five weeks, well, you know, you could really put them back and really knock the stuff out of them for the next few weeks.
0: Yeah, It will be interesting to see how that pans out. Uh, Jason, just to go on to uh, news on, in the trans- on the transfer front, excuse me, we had spoken, Tommy mentioned it to me in, in the interview after the game, that that both Shane Cusack and Edo O'Dwyer have now departed club. The club announced that yesterday officially on their social media pages. Uh I have to say I wasn't too surprised by Edo O'Dwyer. He got injured at a very uh bad time in terms of you know Mark Walsh and Callum McNamara then excelled uh in midfield you also have Sean McSweedy did he had so much competition there and just didn't get a, a crack at the whip even though it seemed like he might considering he was one of the first soldiers against Bray on the opening day, but suffered an injury, went back to St. Michaels. Maybe one of the more surprising ones would be Shane Cusack, but I suppose it is understandable because Shane Cusack was a number two to Barry Ryan for so many years with Limerick FC in his younger years that when you get to twenty-nine and you know he's only made a couple of appearances and Ty Grine has played really well, I suppose it's understandable to see and you how he's gone back to the market as well.
1: Yeah. Dwyer is probably a different one. He's he's young and he has a lot to learn, I suppose, at this level. And is he going to get into that midfield area with everyone as fifth? I don't think so. Um, will he get in at the back? Probably not as well. So he could see that it was only big part for him. Very hard to blame Shane Cusack, in my opinion. You know, he got into the team a couple of occasions, Adrian, and did nothing wrong, in my opinion. You know, and, and there's very little between him and Ty Grine. Again, that's just my own opinion. You know, I think there's very, very little between them. They both have their faults, they both have their positives, and and they're around the same for me. And look, give respect to Barry Ryan, it's OK. bit be number two at Barry Ryan at that stage in your career, if, if you're Shane Cusack. But I suppose, look, whether he'll admit it or Tommy will admit it is debatable, but he could have felt a little bit hard done by. And if I was him, I would have felt a little bit hard done by because as I said, he got into the team, did well, and then it just seems anytime Tiger's fit, he's going to be back in. And that gives Tommy a problem now, Adrian, because you can't be putting an under-19s keeper into goals in this division in the position Treaty are in and the way they play. So he's going to have to source a keeper who's probably going to be willing to sit on the bench now for the rest of the season and who's also capable. And, and that's not easy to find, especially when you don't have a budget, you know. So so that's interesting, um, we mentioned Sean McSweeney there and I know you said he can play, obviously that third man in the middle, you might see him on the wing, he came on the wing against Shelburne, he didn't play as a winger, he drifted in and out and he was very hard to pick up for Shell, so that's an interesting one as well, just going back to the formation, um, Brian Murphy we believe is is with Treaty and is close to fitness as well, ex-Fairview Rangers, he's an attacking option when he is fit, most definitely, so yeah Shane is the big one for me and and it's going to be tough for Tommy. Yeah definitely and and Noel this is as Jason mentioned already was something I picked up on
0: straight away I suppose Cusack is a massive loss because there was part of everyone that thought maybe Shane was happy to play that role you know as a second string clearly that wasn't the case uh, on this occasion but it is going to be very hard for Tommy now because I don't know whether he will go with a 19s goalkeeper if that is the plan but to try and find a goalkeeper as jason said who's willing to to probably sit on the bench as he as he will feel to Ty Grind. and also you also need a goalkeeper then as well if you're going to sign him that is good enough to come on because Ty Grine has been prone to a couple of injuries already this season so they will need to be ready
2: yeah it's business the most difficult position to fill in the squad in my book every year the reserve keeper um you generally do have a number one um the guy who's Signing, you know, he has to be happy with being on the bench and happy with not playing too many games. I think Jason's right about Shane Again, you think about it, you know, they win away from home, a kind of a famous win below in Turner's Cross, and, um, you know, the following week, he's, you know, he's not in. So um, he wants to play every week, and uh, I'm sure there was a bit of pressure on him. In market are a decent side as well, a decent club, and um, he probably just wants to play every week. But no, it certainly won't be easy to... Fix and it is important. It doesn't really matter ever until your goalkeeper does get injured or your goalkeeper gets sent off, and then it can be a real, real um, issue, issue for you.
0: Yeah, Brian Murphy, you mentioned there, uh, Jason. Obviously, we know him. he played with Ramblers Ramblers most recently, but we know him. Obviously, he spent a, a bit of time with Fairview, as you said as well. He's an attacking option. We also believe that you know, if rumours are to be believed, this isn't substantiated too much, but that Stephen Christopher, who did leave Galway officially last week and announced that on Twitter, is close to to sign him for the club as well, and I believe he was at the game uh, last Friday. Uh, That would probably, considering his form with Cove before he went to Galway, which got him to move to Galway, that would be a decent signing that would probably throw the cat among the pigeons competition-wise as well. Yeah,
1: definitely, but again, he's more of an attacking midfielder, Adrian, you know, so... That's probably needed because we see when Sean McSweeney is out of the team, the attacking option suffers for Treaty. So that'll be no harm either. It's it's certainly an area that Tommy, I suppose, is is flush with players in. Um, but players can adapt. We know obviously now Mark Walsh can play a centre back, Clyde O'Connell can play in a couple of positions as well. Jack Lynch can can revert to a right back. We've seen that. So it's good that there's competition in there, and it's good that the players are versatile, Adrian. You know, is there a chance to get to get another out and out striker in? You know, again with no budget, I suppose you're looking locally and things like that. I'd like to see another out and out striker come in myself. But yeah, look, it's healthy, Adrian. There's no doubt about that. And and Christopher will, will obviously add something to the group. Yeah,
0: that's obviously, that's another point actually, I suppose, that that people have been saying is that maybe another striker would be ideal, but another position like a goalkeeper, two specialist positions, very hard to to find suitable players, as you'd know well yourself, Jason, but uh, on the first division predictions, we'll move on obviously to to those and and we'll talk about maybe treating UCD in a bit, but Noel, firstly, Bray and Galway, that's a a big one as well, Galway are on fire, five five wins in a row, in, in some of those games people said oh they're not you know it's typical John Caulfield team hard to beat don't do anything flashy but they're getting the results uh they're they're up to second now and only a few weeks ago feels like we were talking about them never kicking into out of a first year should of say uh going to the Carlisle grounds uh full of confidence do you see Bray stopping that that run for Galway?
2: Possibly yeah know Bray are a bit more inconsistent aren't they but I mean they've had some great wins themselves during the year. Um it's it's a it's no a way a fixture as well. There I mean there is some goals in that Ray team. Um I'd probably go for a draw there. I think that it's going to be a game that'll um end up a draw.
0: Yeah, and with Wexford and Cork, uh Jason at Ferry Carrig uh, Park. Uh Ian Ryan will be desperate to, to pick up a victory because he's had a lot of close calls now as well, uh, in his early managerial career with Wexford, but equally his opposite number will be even more desperate. So
1: this is a huge game for both of those managers and teams. It is Adrian and, and look, none of us predicted that Cork would be in the, the position they're in in the table. And I suppose the personnel that they have, they should be hired up the table. It's it's individual errors, we saw that against Treaty and we see it regular with Cork City. It's individual errors really that's, that's costing them. There certainly has been an improvement in, in Wexford performances and. And they were very close, as I said, with UCD last week, a last-minute goal from UCD is, is what separated the sides, you know. So they'll make it difficult for Cork, definitely. And look, while you'd love to see Wexford get a result, I think Cork will probably have too much for them. Yeah, and that brings us on to
0: Athlone and Shelburne. Athlone, I suppose, would you say, stopped the rot slightly, Noel, in that, you know, they picked up a victory against Kevin Teeley. Uh, last week, now they're hosting Shelburne, who haven't lost in so long, but, you know, doubts uh, at long, I feel that with are really getting a draw against them at home, that there is an opportunity here uh, as well to, uh, to pick up a victory, and what way do you see it going?
2: Yeah, I think I would expect that uh, Shelburne possibly got a bit of a rollicking after the the match um, in Limerick, and I'm sure that they'll be uh, drumming down the standards or the, the lack you know last week and ensuring that there's no repeat and even though obviously they didn't lose it it must have felt like a defeat, uh, a defeat for shelburne and i would expect him to to pick up the three points this weekend
0: and f- and finally before we move on to the, the treaty ucd uh predictions jason you've got cove hosting Kevin tealy i suppose Cove would be disappointed with the way things have went in recent weeks because it felt like they had an outside chance way before they hosted treaty uh, then they lose the 3D, lost Galway then 2-0, kind of a, with a whimper uh, last week. They'll be disappointed, but Kevin Teeley will really want to bounce back now and stay in touch uh, and, and will need that victory, you'd imagine, uh, to keep confidence going in the camp a bit.
1: Yeah, it's a big game for Kevin Teeley, Adrian. Definitely, as you rightly said, fourth on the back of two defeats. I listened to Pat Devlin after last week's game and, and he was bitterly disappointed. You could see that he needed something out of the game and, and he mentioned this fixture, you know, and he he was saying they'll be back on the training ground and they'll be ready for Cove. So I would expect Cabin teely to get the result there that they need to keep him in touch for them playoff spots. But it won't be easy. Cove, as we know, play a nice brand of football without getting too many surprise results, I suppose. But it's a very unpredictable division, as we know, but Kevin Teeley, I'd expect him to win. Yeah, and briefly, stay with yourself, Jason. Uh, briefly, how, what way do you see the game going at the Markets Field on Friday night? Well, you'd be a foolish man to bet against Treaty, I think, Adrian, really, at this stage, you know, and especially with Mark Walsh coming back and, and Sean McSweeney coming back into the side, and, and as mentioned, Joe Collins and Callum McNamara doing exceptionally well in the middle. I think Jack has suffered, Jack Lynch has suffered a little bit of of a dip in form lately, you know, but you know what you're going to get from him, a solid professional performance every week. And and as we keep saying, and I keep mentioning it every week, the back four, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, pick themselves and rightly so on their performances, you know. Um, so I think there'd be good value for a draw, Adrian. I don't think they'll have enough going forward. To beat UCD, but I don't see him getting beaten. I think it'll be a draw. Yeah, and the same question to yourself and all the, the outcome of trading UCD.
2: Yeah, I'd be a bit more bullish than Jason about him. I think with the with the lads coming back, with Max Sweeney back. Um, you know, with the likes of McKevin and Armshaw, even if they do come off the bench, they get fifteen or twenty minutes, they seem to always create chances. And um I'd go for a two-one victory for
0: Sure uh, we certainly hope that we get the, at least a point anyway uh, from from the markets field on Friday night. Uh, Jason, there was another uh, good news uh, Limerick story for for a junior club uh, Saturday evening. Fairview Rangers beat Athenroy again on penalties, like they did in the in the Junior Cup. Uh, it was it was obviously means are into the the draw for the first round proper of the F.A.I. Senior Cup. Uh, brilliant uh, for the club. And also, you know, keeps alive the possibility of a 3D United versus Fairview Derby when when the draw comes on it tomorrow night.
1: It does, and I suppose, look, Fairview are at a disadvantage now if they draw a a League of Ireland team, Adrian, you know, because they're still in the middle of their pre-season and and it's difficult for them to get competitive games to to be ready. And I suppose that showed a little bit in the performance against Roy. We're all delighted, obviously, that, that they got over it on penalties. Good to see Conor Coughlin, we mentioned him last week, uh, a recent signing from from getting on the score sheet and also Owen Duff, who's just come out of, of youths football. Um, He's a clear native, someone I'm very familiar with, really, really quick and, and has stuck at it, Adrian, stuck at his game and, and is improving all the time. So I was delighted for him to get on the score sheet and look, when you have someone like Aaron Savage in goals, you're always going to have an advantage when it comes to penalties. He's always good for a couple. And I'm delighted for Derek Weiss and, and Jason Purcil in particular. And I hope that the draw is favourable to them. I wouldn't like I wouldn't like to see them get Shamrock Rovers or or Derry or some of the top teams, Adrian, you know, because that could be a bridge too far for them. But someone like that, Lone, Cove, Kevin Teeley, Wexford, and even Treaty for the locals for, for the game itself, you know, would be ideal. But Look, it's a testament to the work that's been done in the fair green and as I said, we're absolutely delighted for them. Yes,
0: we certainly are. Uh, We'd like to extend our congratulations to Fairview who will be in the draw which is on 2FM tomorrow evening Noel. I suppose this is a difficult one because normally when, when a draw is on and you're three united and you're in the second tier uh, you'd probably be hoping for maybe a, a glamour tie, like a, I don't know, a Shamrock Rovers away where you know that they might get 2,000 at the game and you know it's financially viable because you split the gate. Uh, unfortunately in COVID times, you know, it's it's a bit different because, you know, you're, you're limited to the amount of people you're going to have in the ground. So I suppose, would you, would you prefer maybe to get a team that you can, you know, have a chance of beating as such and, and progress a bit further, but before you get a, a chance at a big side?
2: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think what you want is a winnable tie. Um, obviously a home tie is always great in the cup. But uh, you know, a team like one of the well, nearly anyone in the first division in fairness to treaty, because they've they've been a match for everybody in, in the division. But even thinking about the teams that are ahead of them, maybe Galway, you'd wonder, you know, is there focus on on the FEI Cup at all? You know, because I know I know John Coffey will be very single minded and he'll be just focused on Maybe even catching Shelbourne now, but certainly cementing that second place. So a winnable tie is what you want. You know the Shamrock Rovers and the Derry's and the Bohemians can you know can wait for the quarters in the semi-finals, but you just want to get to the to the second round um, at this stage.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, on a final note, Jason, I know that you were present at Hogan Park yesterday for what what is as close as we're ever going to get a real uh, local derby in League of Ireland terms. You had 3D United under-15s and Limerick FC under-15s battling it out uh, at Hogan Park. And there was a picture that I was made aware of actually as well late uh, last night where that stoked the fire a tiny bit, I'd imagine, where it said it was a clear Limerick FC one by looks of a clear Limerick FC flag which said keep your hands off our history uh, was was the the message on the flag. Uh, Was the game
1: uh, spicy as well and, and entertaining, Jason? It oh, was very much so, and a great advert for for underage football in the region, Adrian. You know, I suppose. Look, there's been a lot of criticism, I suppose, aimed at people because we have two League of Ireland underage setups in representing Limerick or or in the region, if you like, and and the questions have been asked: Is that fair on, on the grassroots clubs? I suppose, you know, and and no one will understand what I'm saying. You look at Kennedy Cups and things like that, and it's a lot of players were up, but a fantastic game. Really, really enjoyed this. And, and I suppose beforehand, not too many would have given Limerick FC a chance, but they certainly gave Treaty a very, very good game, you know, and, and credit to Limerick FC coach Dave Denine for the way he set his team up. You know Noel would be very familiar with him. He worked under Noel years ago um with Limerick FC and speaks very highly of Noel and He's, his work has, is, was there to be seen yesterday. Do you know, it really was. They were dogged, they were defensive, and they probably had the two best chances of the game, you know, and, and 10 before Treaty scored, Adrian, you know, but there was a couple of goals disallowed as well and things. It had everything the game, and it was really, really good. I watched it with Brian O'Callaghan and, and Dennis Hines, and, and there was a great crowd there, and the pitch was in great condition. And as I said, a fantastic advert for, for local football. Yeah, and
0: speaking of underage football, Noel, we obviously spoke maybe a year and a half ago now. I spoke with yourself about the setup of the, the schoolboy academy uh, in Limerick. I suppose my, my question would be, is there any update in that? Because COVID obviously shelved that for you. Uh, is there any thoughts about that coming back and, and training resuming for you and and, and players uh, coming, coming into the
2: scene? Yeah, I think there is. Um, look, we've been <laughs> very restless, I suppose. You know that it's been out so long you know the good news is that is that is that the kennedy cup uh, squad are training away under uh Niall burns and his coaching staff uh there's a few friendlies organized i know they're going to atlone um at the weekend for a game and um, they're talking about regionalizing the competition uh and a date of 11th or the 12th of september so obviously we are we're waiting for the local league to start again um which will be probably late august or first week of September you know and we'll be out looking at games and uh, I'll be looking forward to putting um, all the academy teams back together including a 15s and a 16s and we might fancy our chances of a run out against Limerick or our treaty and see if uh, you know the group if you like that were left behind uh, do they measure up and I'd be very confident that they would measure up